Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now it's time to talk about Trump's declaration of a national emergency so he can find the money to build that wall of his. Of course, we all agree that there is no national emergency at the border. Even Trump said, quote, I don't need to do this. And we all agree that after Congress had refused his request to fund the wall, it's wrong for him to seize money that Congress has appropriated for other purposes. But is it illegal? Is it unconstitutional? For some answers, we turn to Dahlia Lithwick. She writes about the courts and the law for Slate, and she hosts the podcast Amicus. She's also written for the New York Times, the American Prospect, the Washington Post, and the Nation. And we saw her last week on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow. Dahlia Lithwick, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start with the big lawsuit filed Monday by 16 states led by California. They sued Trump in federal district court in San Francisco, arguing that the president does not have the power to divert funds for constructing a wall along the Mexican border because it is Congress that controls spending. And that's pretty much what the ACLU says. It's an unconstitutional usurpation of Congress's spending power by the president. What do you say? I think that if you want to just look at sort of perfect brass tacks constitutional arguments, that's the argument to make, right? Article 1, Section 9 specifies that, quote, no money shall be drawn from the Treasury but in consequence of appropriations made by law. So I think that what the California and the 15 other states, what they're trying to do is just say, fundamentally, this is simply a separation of powers problem. You can talk about the scope of, you know, emergencies powers under the National Emergencies Act, but I think that the ACLU and the states are trying to make an argument that doesn't get down into the weeds of, is this an emergency? Is this not an emergency? They just want to say, structurally speaking, if the president can be told no by Congress, and appropriate the money anyway by saying, I'm just going to declare an emergency. That is, in a foundational way, anathema to whatever separation of powers intended. 
Well, of course, we want to get down into the weeds. The weediest part is the question of standing. Who has standing to tell the courts they've been damaged by this action and therefore they need relief from the courts? seems like the people who clearly have standing are not the people of California. I mean, their claim is their tax dollars are being spent for a purpose that their representatives didn't choose. The people who really have standing are the Texas landowners whose land will be taken to build this. And there's a separate lawsuit filed by public citizen challenging the seizure of their lands, which they anticipate. What do you think of that argument? I think so far the strongest case for standing is folks whose land is going to be seized by virtue of eminent domain, right, the takings power of the federal government. And so those three landowners in Texas who are represented in the public citizen suit have an incredibly strong claim. Now, I don't think it's actually true that the state don't have standing to sue. More and more in recent years, the courts have said they can't sue on behalf of any old injury to their citizens. But when there is an economic, a profound economic injury to the citizens of that state, they have been deemed to have standing. And at least in the case that was filed by the States. We have California saying, look, there is emergency relief fund, drug interdiction fund that is being taken away from our coffers. We have the state of Colorado, which has lots of military installations saying we actually are going to lose substantial money that should be diverted toward the military. That's what it was appropriated for. And in those cases, when it's not completely speculative, the courts have been apt to say, yes, there is standing. And I think the other folks we should probably just note that that probably do have standing is the House Democrats, who I think do have standing because the House Republicans were deemed to have standing in 2014 when they challenged the cost-sharing provisions in Obamacare. So I think there are some groups that have some decent claims to standing. It's a problem, but I don't know that it's a deal-breaking problem. And what do you think of the argument that the court should declare it's not an emergency because nobody other than Trump seems to believe an emergency exists? Well, I think that's the place where you're going to get into very rough sledding. I think that what Trump is staking everything on is the old 1976 statute that they're leaning on, National Emergencies Act, 50 U.S.C. 1601. They're saying, look, that doesn't define emergency. It doesn't quantify or qualify what an emergency is. It essentially leaves to the president's complete discretion to say that this is an emergency. And they're making the argument that don't tell us that four seconds later in the Rose Garden, Trump said it wasn't an emergency. Don't tell us that his claims are all countermanded by, you know, his Justice Department's own data. We don't care. We're calling it an emergency. That's what the statute says. The real problem that they're going to get into isn't under the National Emergencies Act. It's that they tagged it to statutes that don't really map onto what Trump is trying to do. They tagged it to statutes. This is very interesting. What are the statutes you're talking about? Well, this is the probably the most important piece of this is that 
they can't just say there's an emergency, so everybody look between the sofa cushions and find money. <laughs> they had to take money from other appropriations. And what they did was, first and foremost, right, they took a, a chunk of money from the Department of Treasury Forfeiture Fund. They took $100 million from that. They took a bunch of money from Title 10, Section 284, counter-drug activities. Those things, they could have taken money from those buckets without declaring a state of emergency. The third bucket, they needed to declare a state of emergency. And that's, I think, going to become the sticky wicket here. That's USC Section 2808. It says, I'm just going to read it to you in quotes. In the event of a declaration of war or the declaration by the president of a national emergency in accordance with the National Emergencies Act, right, check, we've got that, provisions that that require use of the armed forces, the Secretary of Defense, without regard to any other provision of law, may undertake military construction projects and may authorize the secretaries of the military departments to undertake military construction projects not otherwise authorized by law that are necessary to support such use of the armed forces. That sounds like a lot of gobbledygook. Yes, but (laughs) there is no reason to believe that this appropriation is necessary to the use of the armed forces. It's not a great fit. It means the president essentially has to show a court that this emergency, A, requires the use of the military. That's not clear at all, right? Usually border patrol functions are civilian, not military propositions. And he has to show that the, the military needs to construction of this wall and that it is to su- support the safety of the military. All of those things are huge stretches, dragging the military into something that is essentially a civilian border issue and then saying, we need to build this wall to protect our soldiers. That doesn't fit. Of course, the Justice Department always makes the same argument. Every president has made this argument. The courts owe the president absolute deference in matters of national security. And the courts, I'm sorry to say, often give the president absolute deference on matters of national security. I think you're absolutely right. There is a long-standing legal presumption. I think the court in Boumediene, which was one of the um, the habeas cases, the court famously warned, quote, neither the members of this court nor most federal judges begin their day with briefings that may describe new and serious threats to our nation and its people. Now, there's one important caveat to that, and that is the famous steel seizures case, right? When Truman tried to seize the steel mills, the court said no. And you remember probably that the court in this famous concurrence by Justice Jackson set out this three-part test for when we just defer to the president's claims that it's national security. And they said, when Congress has aligned itself with president, the president's powers at its highest, when Congress is silent, we're in sort of a twilight zone, says the court, when the Congress has expressly said no, and the, and the president does it anyhow, then we're in a place where we can say as the court, no, no, <laughs> this isn't right. And I think that that sort of tripartite test has been the test. So here you have a situation, I mean, it's harder to think of a better situation where Congress said no, they said no a week before. And 
for the court to then say, oh, we're going to act as though Congress hasn't spoken at all, I think puts a thumb on the scale that you don't defer absolutely. But I do think just for what it's worth, when the Trump decided the, uh, when, I'm sorry, when the Supreme Court decided the travel ban case, right, finally, after two years in the lower courts, they made exactly the judgment that you just stipulated, which is we're not going to put ourselves in the business of deciding whether the president was lying or creating pretext or whether there was this racial animus that was hidden. We're just going to make a judgment about the office of the president and we're going to defer. And so you are absolutely right to say if the court wants to take that route, if the court wants to blinker itself to everything that you and I know and just say it is our judgment that we don't second-guess the president on matters of national security, then you are absolutely right. There's an easy way to get there. There's a long tradition, and that's what they did in the travel ban case. Well, if we're going to talk about everything that you and I know about the president, we really have to say something about the Rose Garden speech where Trump announced his national emergency. We're missing something big if we treat only the constitutional issues raised by that speech. Dahlia Lithwick, what are we missing? Look, we're used to the president kind of fabricating and um, tooting his own horn and, you know, saying things that he then contradicts seconds later. We're used to all that. But by any metric, this was next level. By any metric that I can discern, this was the single weirdest performance (laughs) I'd ever watched. And it, you know, it ranged from like crazy Q&A at the end with reports where he was insisting that he has secret better data to support his claims of emergency and that, you know, his own secretary, Kristen Nielsen, you know, has done a lame job of supporting his data and strange claims about the Nobel Prize and really strange, a whole lengthy discursion about which cable news figures he loves best of all. It was next level weird, I thought. And I think my coda to all that is at what point do we enable him by just pretending this is a real press conference about a real policy problem? To sort of just sit there and act as though this could be any president giving any speech is is deeply disturbing at some level. <laughs> well, thank you for raising the question of what part we are playing in normalizing this. Dahlia Lithwick, read her at Slate.com and listen to her on the Amicus podcast. Thank you, Dahlia. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.